Hello and welcome to the Lit Up and Liberated podcast. I'm your host, Yvette Mayer. I was a high-flying advertising exec with a 30-year-long career and I left it all to follow my passions. In this show, you'll hear from ordinary humans who've risked it all and relaunched their lives, along with stories from me, insights and tips to fuel your new biz. So get ready to feel lit up and liberated. Hello, Luke Cook. It's so exciting to have you on the podcast with me. Yes, I'm glad you can't wait. For the listeners, Cookie, as he's affectionately known, and I go way back. I don't know, how many years do you think? Mate, I still remember that first um, uh, uh, junk, what is it, the, the junction that we had over in Broome with the... Oh, no, you weren't on that trip. Oh, I was, I was. Don't tell anyone anything. It was amazing. <laughs> it was such a funny trip. I think that's when we first really connected. I know you were at Starcom at the time, but um, yeah. God, that was ages ago. Wow. That was actually, that trip uh, was amazing from a personal development perspective. You know what I stand out clearly to me is the Who Moved My Cheese book. <laughs> That's right. That, that is right. I remember that too. Yes. And honestly, I have given that book to so many people since then. Wow. Wow. It was a bit of a, bit of a defining moment in there. I don't know how long ago that was. That was when I was in ARN. That was ages ago. Anyway, we're still young. We're still young. So, yes, I do know Cookie from my corporate life. Like me, ahead of me, he made the big decision to do the risky thing and set up for himself in his own business. Uh, I will let him explain to you what that journey's been like. Over to you, Cookie. Yeah, so... um... You know, it was really interesting event. That happened, you know, over three and a half years ago now um, since I made the jump over from the sort of standard corporate life to doing what I believe in and my purpose now. Um, but it took me a long time to get there. I, was, I probably reckon I was probably two years in that sort of mix of I don't know where I am, I don't know who I am, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what I want to be. Um, and to, to get to that point and have that point for two years and not doing anything um, sort of... It, it ate me up a lot until I reached that point of burnout and that's when things started to go downhill, I suppose. Um, but my journey in career, my first ever job was Lightning Luke on the streets of Sydney handing out free cans of Coke and doing life crosses on the radio. Um, people say I've got a radio voice. I don't know what that means about my face, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, so my first ever job was about making people happy and that's what I really enjoyed in being in radio and media and it got me hooked. Um, I was in the promotions and sponsorships world for a long period of my career. Uh, a lot of my role was around ideation and experiences, events and solutions for clients um, who would brief us from yourself, like yourself over there, is it? I know some of those clients. Oh, that's right. I, I was one. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then uh, I, one of the head sales directors at ARN, Tim McDermott at the time, goes, Cookie, you'd be great at sales. And that started to get my headspace into, well, I could earn a lot more money doing something else. And so I moved to a company called MCM Media, which I loved. It was um, one of those sort of organisations that were, uh, were, were challenger brands. Um, we did a lot of cool stuff back then and it sort of gave me a balance of ideation and sales. Um, but as that company grew and as people left, I grew within that. And fast forward eight years, seven years of being there, all of a sudden I was sales director of the media organisation and I sort of lost... Um, 
a lot of a lot of the part of me that I really enjoyed, which was the ideation part. It became too much about low cost trading deals with media agencies and and all the rest of the crap that you know you do put up with. Um, and it's not that it's not a role that other people wouldn't enjoy, but I sort of started to feel like where how's my vision all of a sudden become more about money than it has about happiness? Mm-hmm. And that's when um, I started to feel like things were going down and. You know, in a in a market that was becoming very um, tough to operate in, um, I uh, just went into this downward spiral of you're only as good as your next month, and how am I going to hit this target? How am I going to motivate a team to hit a target that may not be achievable? Ooh, so and it was relentless. Sorry, but it was two years. But you literally, instead, in, and, and you know, on reflection, it's easy to say this, but instead of like taking a step back and changing some of your behaviour, it sounds like. You just worked harder and harder and harder. Yeah, I was pushing, uh, pushing shit up a hill, in all honesty. And um, uh, I didn't want to let anyone down, mate. And that's been my biggest downfall in life. Um, I always worked hard for the businesses I, I'm in. I was I sort of treated a lot my own business, you know what I mean? And um, when you did work, for, I worked for a smaller business in MCM Media, so I did feel very much like a family. Yeah. Um, you know, the tides change and, and business change and all that type of stuff. And I probably bore a lot of that brunt um at times um and you know the other thing i'd probably state is i was never naturally taught how to be a leader um i was just progressed through the ranks and all of a sudden not only do i have to manage a team underneath me but i always have to manage myself and um that's one thing i don't think a lot of leaders get taught a lot around is how do you how do you actually manage yourself first before you manage others and um uh, I, I, yeah, it was just relentless. Uh, I kept on working harder and harder. Nothing, nothing improved. I was still earning a great salary though. I then, um, I then jumped ship and I moved to a content agency for a year, and that was a bit of a band-aid approach. In all honesty, I, I thought oh, I need to get back into ideas, but it wasn't really, um, it didn't really solve anything. Um, and then uh, there was just one day I remember I was chatting to a mate of mine, Hodgie, um, who sadly passed away last year, but um, Hodgie. I was chatting to him over the phone and I was just at that breaking point and he goes, I've never heard, I've never had a mate talk to me like that before, but he gave it to me over the phone. He pretty much said every swear word underneath the, the sun to get me to listen. Um, and he just basically in a nutshell said, what are you doing, man? You're better than this. You're, you're going to be okay. You just need dot. You need to reset you and just work out what's important. And you know, at that time I had a mortgage. Um, I was about to get married. So I had, I thought I had all this other external pressure around me that I needed to hold on to that. Um, but when in reality, I was no good to anyone unless I was sorting out myself first. And that's when I did, I, I, I handed it in. I didn't have another job to go to. And I took three months off in what I call recharge to take charge. And that's when I started going on a bit of self-discovery there a little bit in life and also career and started to map out what was next. And what's next has been really, really incredible to watch. Uh, talk to us about what was next. Yeah, so when I actually gave myself time to think, if you don't take the time for yourself, you know, those opportunities of thought around what you actually want to achieve in life don't actually come to fruition. Mm-hmm. I never took a holiday in career either. I was one of those stupid idiots. That, um, uh, I think you call those stupid idiots workaholics. Yeah, I wish I did now, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Like being an entrepreneur, it's harder to do so as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so then I started working out what I enjoyed in life and it came down to three things. One, I want to make people happy. Uh, it's a core part of my DNA, especially after a couple of um, bevies. Uh, uh, how you make people happy, though, um, I wanted to hold on to 
what people love in life, so their passions, so interests, hobbies and desires, plus my background was in music and, you know, entertainment, so I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. So people and passions were two pillars that I wanted to hold on to and then the third one was um, my partners. I didn't want to lose 18 years' worth of relationships with record labels, sporting clubs, sporting codes, charities, brands, to go do something completely different. So then the challenge was, was my final P, was Luke, what's your product? And... You know, I'm always one of those ones first is work out what I love or work out a name first and then work out what the idea is. Mm. Um, so, and that's when the product started to come to me when I started thinking about, well, how do I make more people happy? And I started looking at the workplace environment and how a lot of reward and recognition programs are very top-down driven. You know, get 10% off a gym membership. Um, here's a gift card. There's nothing really that tries to understand what an individual user loves in life right. and what their interests are outside of work and you know work life is harmony now it's so blended it's so blended that companies i believe should be really taking a focus on what are those happy moments of an employee outside of work and then doubling down on those moments to hold on to them longer so that's what we built we fundamentally built a, a solution that helps businesses reward and recognize their staff um it's grown since then so we're now you know also helping from a bro broader business perspective so we've got well-being solutions um, team building days, unique me meeting spaces, leadership retreats, um, the whole kit and caboodle. So, yeah, we've got 400 solutions now and 300 plus suppliers who, who provide us with some really unique stuff to offer up, offer up to our members. It's just incredible to hear what you've accomplished in, what is it, three short years. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of scar wounds over this body though, event, especially, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not a tech head uh, and I've built a tech product and... Um, it has caused me a lot of pain, angst, anxiety, money, 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 yeah. um, personal cash flow, you know. So um, there's always those double-edged sword, you know, you follow your purpose and your vision, but there's a lot of other sacrifices that happen around that, not only financially but also with those those people around you and it's a fucking hard, sorry for swearing, but it's a hard one to balance yeah. and um, still is. Yeah, and if you... Would it go back knowing what you know now? Would you have, well, I think you made some different decisions, but is there anything that's kind of crystallised in terms of what, what that journey would have looked like or how different it would have been? Yeah, my, my biggest learning would be that um, I need to give myself more time to stop throughout the year and, um, to really have a have a think about me first and foremost. Like I was one of these people and, you know, it was media, I suppose, but you burnt the candle at both ends. Yeah. Um, any of those times that you had off was out socialising and partying and doing whatever. And um, not that I regret my my life at that time at all. But um, if I was if I started to feel the way that I was feeling and and notice what I've got up on my wall here, my red flag list now um, around those things in life that you know aren't me. Um, if I knew a lot of those and then knew how to manage that and then also gave myself time to think around how I could balance it out with, uh, without necessarily giving up my whole career at that time, um, I'll probably that's probably the one thing that I would state that, you know, I would have given myself more time to think and, and utilise that time better. Well, nobody else can uh, see this, but I could see you literally looking at your wall when you said that. So tell us about the red flag list. Yeah, so when I was going through that shit time, um, uh, I sought external help and all the rest of it. And um, one of the things that my wife, now wife, um, and I did was we sat down and we wrote down my red flag list of those sort of 
emotions and, and feelings that I had and, and it's up on my wall now regularly where I check. So it's things like not enjoying what I do, moody at home, yeah. I'm, I'm motivated in day-to-day life, drinking too much, working ridiculous hours for long periods of time, that still happens. Um, not taking quality time for me, having an ongoing sense of not achieving and anxiety attacks and that, that, that they were my dominance then um, now i'd probably say you know probably one or two of those things are always on the list at some point but yeah um yeah than the whole the whole list yeah you know and it has its ebbs and flows don't get me wrong because you know it's a hard hard nut hard hard thing to do is to run a business like mine um with so so much effort around all different parts of the business tech sales marketing the whole thing is pretty full on out of many hats and do you have anything that's kind of the flip of that, like that reminds you that you're doing work you love and... Yeah, I've, uh, it's not about that, actually. I've got, I've got cool cards here. What are they? No, these are my happy cards. Mm. So I sat down recently and started to look at my those things in life that actually make me smile. Um, not like probably one of these is work-related, in all honesty. It's my vision of Fun Locker. Um, and what I'm trying to do. So that is definitely something that I always look upon to go, well, you know, whilst it's hard right now, um, I know that my purpose and vision is there. And if I keep on at it and just play smarter, it'll, it'll achieve. But these happy cards were ju- just a little reminder of me if like, I've had a shit day um, or, or something, I'll just spend, you know, 10 to 15 minutes looking at some of these cards and remembering either times or thinking about potential future times around those moments that will actually make me happy. Um, cool. So that, that to me is something that I'd, I'd recommend everyone doing. And, you know, there's heaps of cards here. There's what's one, music. Love it. Seeing Parramatta play. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's a bad thing too. Die hard Parramatta fan. That's, that's, a, that's a, a football slash rugby league club for anybody who does not live in Australia. I'm a tragic <laughs> So, yeah, like there's there's all these different things. And, you know, even though money's tight, I've also got on one of these cards, like, you know, feeling financially free, just thinking about those moments of, you know, the positive elements around feeling financially free cool. and dwelling on the money part. And that's that's what you're working towards, right? Oh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a long-term vision. And, I've, you know, it's one of those sort of things I'm glad I'm done because, you know, I would have lived in life in regret if I didn't make the change. Of course. Um, and I know so many people out there are just sitting like on that fence going, I'm not really sure what's next in career. Um, but, you know, until you try stuff, you don't really know. And so that, that's, um, yeah, that's a important part of it. And tell me what's been some of the moments of extreme joy, like highs that you've had since you've been out on your own? Uh, uptake from clients. Like we're working with some pretty big clients now. So it's always good to work with some of those big brands that start to believe in, in the access that you have. Um, enjoying those moments when I can. So, you know, I'm, I'm working in a business is called Fun Locker and it's, sometimes it's a little bit of a, um, what's the word for it, a bit where I'm not actually having as much fun as I should. Yeah, that's it. Um, so when I get to enjoy those moments with the suppliers and my crew, um, to stop down and start thinking about some of the stuff that I've actually done is actually quite exciting. So, you know, they're, they're the types of moments, going live, seeing our first transaction on there, um, on the app, you know, those little moments of, yeah, this feels good. Amazing. 
Mm. And I, I like, I hold the vision with you. I, I see it and I absolutely commend you and just think what you're investing out into the world and building from a cultural foundation perspective is so important. So, you know, kind of it's a way of the future of business. You know, you see all these um, startups that are building their base around culture and you can totally. see how quickly they're scaling. Um, I get the shit sometimes with some of these arcade businesses that, you know, put, put profit against uh, first before people. And, um, you know, they're the ones that are, you know, a lot of those people in there are suffering from on the brink of burnout and stress and anxiety. And I think, um, I actually think that the, like a, a head of culture or someone should be have a seat at the board table in all honesty and um, start to make more decisions based around being a human first. Uh, easier said than done though, isn't it a bit? Like, you know, yeah, I mean, I know businesses have got their own pressures, they've got their own shareholders and stuff like that to appease, but you know, the, the nature of the growth and health and wellbeing space around what it's actually causing us, um, from a cost perspective of, you know, health and also lost productivity and businesses and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm coincidentally working on a presentation right now, actually looking at the data around the return on investment. And it's, it's like five to one dollars spent on wellbeing programs for employees is returned in effectiveness of reducing things like churn and increasing engagement. Now some, some of those businesses are churning at like 40% year on year. Oh, look, the industry we've both come from, the over, like the top line stat is that more than 50% of people in the industry want to leave. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Something needs to happen. And it's good that the industry is looking at it though now, which is, which is positive, so that's a... That's true. And so tell us what's next. Like what is, you know, if you look five years ahead from now, what does Cookie's life look like? Retired. <laughs> no, I, you know, our goal is to unlock a world of smiles. So I hope that there is expansion plans with Funlocker in some sort of capacity. Um, we've got a long way to go with that. But, you know, for, from my point of view, I just, I just want, I want Funlocker to be in more people's hands and more people enjoying things in life that they love and, you know, experience over things and being more in the moment and sharing those moments. Um, I don't know what it means in, in all honesty. And if, if, you know, if I can impact one person every single day, then that's, um, that's a good thing. Yeah. And I know this last few years has been rewarding, but challenging. Would you ever throw it all away and go back to your corporate career? There's been many a time where I've thought about it. Um, uh, no, I wouldn't do it. Um, not not only because of how far I've invested, but I just truly believe in where we're heading and what we're doing. And um, even if there's going to be those rocky moments, I know well, I've learnt that you have to be persistent and patient. Um, and as long as you're consistent in, in your messaging and, and how you're you're moving it, there's always a role for you. Um, it's just how big that role is going to be. So I think it's more, it's, you know, what I've got to get in my mindset right now is it, is it going to be a, a massive business with, you know, great potential to sell or is it just a really good business that um, does what it needs to and then supports those people that believe in it. So I guess, and that, you know, that comes, and this is a really interesting part of this conversation. It comes down to 
are you doing this ultimately because you want to walk off with millions of dollars in the bank or is it simply to bring more happiness and more joy to people working in corporate? Yeah, it's a... Uh, a, a you know, a, I say both. Yeah, no, I, I think it is both in all honesty. Like, you know, I've, I've um, sacrificed a lot right now with family and life and, you know, I've got a very supportive wife and stuff like that as well. But we've had to forgo a fair bit um, in our lives, you know. A lot of the things that I built this business for, you know, let me let me go here for a second. So when I built the business, I surveyed 300 people and I said to them, "What are, do you feel like you're getting the most out of life? And 70% of people said no because of two factors, time and money. Mm-hmm. Um, time because of work-life balance and happiness, money because most people, families, are struggling to make ends meet. Once you pay for the food, the kid, the car, the mortgage, the dog, first thing that goes in life are the luxuries that you make you happy as an individual. Now, at that time, I was still earning like a good six-figure salary and had money in the bank, but that's not the, that's not the case anymore. So the first things that I've had to forego is my membership to my favourite footy team, golf weekends. Mm. Now, I'm, now, I'm actually part of what I've set out to solve. Right. And so going back to your question, yes, I hope there is a payout one day that I can, with my family, live comfortably so we don't, um, have to um, feel like that financial freedom isn't there, which is the case right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I hope there is a payout. That could yeah. be just a massive salary working in a great business for a long period of time or that could be a buyout one stage subject to how the business growth goes. Yeah, and I, and I think this conversation is awesome because it's so real. This is the, this is the way it goes with setting up your own business and scaling it that, you don't know, you never know that it's absolutely going to, you know, give you the golden ticket at some point. And it's very, very typical for it not to be hugely profitable for at least three years. Yeah, yeah. You know, they sort of saying like three to five is sort of like that, that area of understanding if that business is going to have any sort of substance around it. We're sort of, we're 18 months to almost two years live um, with it, so I do feel like we're another sort of twelve months away before we start to get more traction, and we've only really defined our product fit at the moment. So, but it's just tough. It's it's tough, and and I like one of the I used to go to a lot of these sort of startup meetups, and um, I put up my hand once to one of the questions of one of these founders, and I said, "Oh, what's your thoughts of a single founder creating a tech startup?" And they laughed at me. Um, what that I did. It's actually, it, it's so hard to um, uh, uh, build a tech startup in this space and as a single founder, it's probably been the hardest thing for me because you just make bad decisions um, and it's learning. It's all learning. Like I've learned so much, so, so much. Um, so I'm not disappointed by what I've learned, but it has cost time and money um, to get it right. Well, look, I think the thing, the main message that I, I hear from you is it's been a tough slog. You jumped into a market that made it more so without really understanding that that was, you know, a particularly challenging environment. And yet three years in, you still wouldn't go back to corporate and no. know that your vision for the future still lights you up. Yeah. Now it's about keeping those lights on until it, it pays you what you're worth. Yeah, that's right. That's the that's the the 
the challenge is not necessarily around the motivation, it's the energy now. So, you know, there's certain things that I've really focused on this year around starting the day with me and, and um, I read, you know, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, and really trying to, just really trying to build a positive habit ritual in the mornings before I even check any emails or anything like that. And it does help. Um, I also am trying to, as much as possible, be home with the family between 5 to 7 p.m., Mm-hmm. Um, just to spend time with Tilly, who's growing very quickly, and yeah. Felicity. I'm not. Sometimes I'm not always there, as in I'm there, but I'm not always there, and that's something else I've got to work on, um, and, and try to try and be in the moment more. But you know, it's all about that's yeah. what counts. Yep, yeah, it's about showing up and being there. So, mm-hmm. um, so they're the things that are sort of like non-negotiables at the moment. Um, I'm proud of you. We've yeah. had discussions in the last 18 months where you've been not doing the work to put yourself and your family first. And yeah. it does seem that you've you've been on a journey of reconnecting with what's most important. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have been. It's been an um, important part because a lot of those um, bullet points on the list were starting to pop up again. So It's great that you've got that. Yeah. Okay, so for the listeners... What would you share with them in terms of uh, lessons you've learned, things that they need to consider or do on a entrepreneurial path? Um, your network is your net worth, first and foremost. Um, so make sure that you've got the right support people around you, especially if you're a sole founder. Um, uh, definitely have a lot more conversations with people before you jump into it and really research and understand your, your why first and then um, how you're going to execute to that why. Mm-hmm. Um, don't necessarily think everything's urgent also. Um, if you can start to find those other moments where you can focus on maybe your next journey while still having a job that you go to to pay the bills, that's mm-hmm. actually okay. It's yeah. okay. It's just what you're doing external to those times. Like if you really believe in something else, shut those other distractions off like watching TV and and that sort of stuff and focus on your external hours on those other sort of things that are motivating you. Um, and use that as your driving force every single day to get up and and, and go to work even though it might not be the job of your choice. Um, Side hustle is a good thing. It is. I think it's awesome. And um, I think the more that people do that, the, the more it's going to shake up the corporate world. But then, you know, there's going to be these things where, you know, the gig economy where people going to could work three days a week doing that gig and then do three days of their other stuff. Like, it's really starting to evolve in this space where the side hustle can also be balanced with something that is more ritual-based. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, but, yeah, that's probably my, my biggest tip is don't necessarily need to rush into things. Um, start to scope, chat to people, be involved. Uh, and really just understand the environment that you're about to go into. Like the entrepreneurial journey, the one thing I will say, it's, it's lonely. Mm. Um, it is one of those sort of things where all of a sudden you're, you're part of a community and then you think that you're still part of that community when you leave, but there other people move on. They're just as busy working in their day-to-day world. And, yeah. you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned is don't necessarily think that your network is going to embrace your new venture either because... A, it's not relevant to them half the time and you just, you're trying to make it relevant to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but B, they've got their own um, pressing needs that they need to solve. So, yeah. Yeah, I've found that a bit as well. 
uh, someone very wise told me to always make sure you're selling the hole, not the drill. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> make sure that they've got the hole, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All righty. Well, it's been so awesome to have you on the podcast. I know that this conversation will really, really help the listeners out there. I've enjoyed uh, chatting to you, as I always do, Cookie. <laughs> uh, I, lo I love that you're all about happy yes that's it and uh, very much in line with, with what I'm up to as well with uh, the Planet Happy Love Yourself Happy course coming out shortly so for the listeners uh, keep your ears peeled for that and look in the show notes for a link to more info and with that we'll finish up for this week and wave cookie goodbye see you later thank you so much bye Thanks for listening to the Lit Up and Liberated podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please go ahead and leave me a review so we can help more people like you find it. If you'd like to work with me as your private coach, please get in touch via email, yvette at yvettemayer.com. That's Yvette with a Y and Mayer, like John Mayer. To join my private Facebook community, that's all about giving you more practical tips for getting your new business up and thriving. Click on through in the show notes and join me over there. Have an awesome day and I'll be back soon.